Welcome in, everybody. It is your host, Travis Pastor, here with another edition of the so-called Fantasy Experts Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we're going to be talking some trades tonight. Uh, on the line, we have first-time podcast guest, Chris Diaz. Chris, how are you? I'm good, Travis. How are you doing? You know, it's Friday night. Feeling good. Uh, going into a great weekend of action. Um, so, figured we'd talk a little trades. Before we get into any of that, why don't you uh, tell the people a little about yourself, because you're, uh, you're new to the podcasting world. Yes, I am. I uh, recently got the opportunity to start writing on an intern basis for the so-called fantasy experts. And uh, since then, I've been offered jobs at uh, Fantasy Alarm and Draft Valet. And I'm a rookie in the industry, but I'm hoping to uh, make a name for myself. Hey, man, that's all. All, all that matters is you're trying, right? Yeah, you uh, know, I, I've, uh, I have about 15 years' experience playing fantasy sports, maybe more. And I'm showing my age a little bit, but it's <laughs> something I have a passion for, and it's nothing better than this. Right? Best, best thing in the world. So... The uh, NFL trade deadline coming up this coming Tuesday, the uh, November 3rd, I believe, is the uh, date. 3rd or 4th, I'm not 100% sure. But I was talking to a colleague of mine who was saying how hard it is for him to make trades in his fantasy football league because people just want to hold on to their, uh, their guys. So I'm thinking tonight we'll give some people a little advice on how to make trades and who they should be making trades for. So, uh, Chris, we were talking a little bit beforehand about why we think it's so hard to make trades um, in, you know, the world of fantasy football. I think it's because there's only 16 games. So, you know, after seven weeks, if you you got to think, oh, do I really want to trade away Cam Newton? Like, I, there's only, like, there's not that many games left I could really use that production. Like, what if I get back A.J. Green and he's not great for the first three weeks? It's a waste. Um, you had a little different idea. What did what were you thinking? Yeah, well, what 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 I found about the difficulty of making trades is, unlike a sport like baseball, especially rotisserie baseball, you know, if I have an abundance of home runs and I need stolen bases, it's a no-brainer for both of us. If you have a need and I have a need, you know, with with football, especially football, when making a trade. It's like a, a stock, like a commodity, you know? Yeah. Like, do you sell high on DeAndre Hopkins? Is he going to be able to keep up this record-setting pace for targets, you know? To the, to, to, to the average person, it's very hard to let go of that. It's like a child, you know? Oh, look at my guy. He's going so great, you know what I mean? So I think that's one problem. And then the other problem is everybody always wants the best player in the deal. Well, you know? yeah. That that is a uh, a big problem when nobody wants to. Um, everybody wants that like no brainer like oh I'll give you DeAndre Hopkins you give me um, I don't know Melvin Gordon like of course I'll take that deal like you you don't want to feel any of that uh, I hope I don't come out on the losing end of this and I sort of found that people you know when you're doing a trade like this people don't see like they just look at what they're losing. They look but they're losing DeAndre Hopkins or they're losing Tom Brady. They don't think, oh, I'm gaining back, um, you know, Rob Gronkowski for DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not, I'm picking that up. So they're just so focused on losing um, guys like DeAndre. I also think this year is kind of an interesting case because 
a lot of the first-round guys, like the Adrian Petersons, the Eddie Lacys, they're not the guys really carrying a lot of these teams. Like uh, DeAndre Hopkins is probably a third, fourth-round pick. Devontae Freeman was probably end of the draft. Danny Woodhead. So I think a lot of people want to feel really smart and say, oh, I drafted Devontae Freeman. I'm going to hold on to him. I don't want to trade away my, you know, my sleeper pick that's panned out. Do you think uh, people are, are a little hesitant trading away um, some of those diamonds in the rough they found? Absolutely. I mean, think about it. Seventh, eighth round of a, a draft, you picked Devonta Freeman. You know, and I happen to have Freeman on one of my teams, and after watching the Monday night game, the first game of the year, when Kevin Coleman had the big game, I almost traded Devonta Freeman away for nothing. You know, yeah. and I laugh at my league mate now because the next week, or yeah, I believe it was week two against the Giants, Coleman fractures a rib or hurt his rib, and Freeman comes in and <laughs> uh, yeah. that, you know. So, like, I really get the, 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 the last laugh that, <laughs> imagine you could have had Devonta Freeman for nothing. So it's funny, you know. Yeah, and I, I think the um, people are also a little worried to trade the top of it, like the, like the Eddie Lacy's or, um, you know, Jeremy Hill. Because there was so much hype with these guys. Like, I don't know who you took in the first round, a lot of your drafts. I ended up with Jeremy Hill in a lot of my leagues. And, it, well, like, I, I don't want to trade him away just yet because I'm thinking, well, what if, you know, he had a great second half last year. What if he, he gets going in the second half this year? Um, I don't think that's going to be the case. Like, I don't think he's going to explode like he did last year. But, you know, some people don't want to trade their, their first-round guys because they they invested so much and they're expecting to get at least some of that back. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny. I drafted I, – I picked at the top of all three of my drafts this year. So okay. I have Eddie Lacy and two of them, who's killing me. <laughs> I have Adrian Peterson, who's been, eh, all right, I guess. Yeah. You know, and a few weeks back, uh, somebody offered me Lamar Miller and somebody else. I forget who the other player was because he's pretty much irrelevant now, but Adrian Peterson. And I'm kicking myself a little bit for not even, like, giving that a little bit more thought, you know. And as far as Lacey goes, I almost traded Lacey for Lamar Miller two or three weeks ago. You know, now they look like they were terrible non-trades in my part, but I don't think, I really don't believe Miller is as good as he's played the last couple of weeks. You know, he's had really good matchups, and, you know, I think the new coaching staff in Miami has really, like, boosted up the morale down there, and maybe the team kind of quit on Philbin, who was the ex-coach. So there's a bunch of mitigating factors, you know? Yeah, I think that uh, while Lamar Miller looked great these last two weeks, I mean, he didn't look fantastic against the uh, Patriots on the Thursday night game, but he was playing the Texans and I believe the Titans with the week before that. So those aren't really the uh, the top of the, the league in defense. So I don't think you should kick yourself too much, Chris, but Eddie Lacy has really been a a tough one for fantasy owners like myself to get over. Because um, I thought, like, oh, no Jordy Nelson. they got to run the ball more. So he uh, he has not lived up to the expectations I was hopefully looking to get out of him. But um, I think trading's an, an interesting thing in fantasy football because, you know, people are people just seem pretty hesitant all the time. Um, I know I don't personally trade a lot. Do you make a lot of trades in your league? Uh I I I try to, but again, 
people are very hesitant. I have to agree with you wholeheartedly there. You know, I'm in a 14-team auction league. Okay. And I uh, someone was harassing me for John Brown all year. You know, <laughs> and he had a depth of running back, and that that's where I was kind of thin. You know, so I said, listen, I, I, I like Lamar Miller. Can I give you Martavis Bryant for him? And he said, no, no, I want Brown, I want Brown. I said, well, listen, I'm not saying John Brown for Lamar Miller. So about two and a half weeks ago, I get this guy on the phone, and I always felt that when you talk to somebody on the phone, it's so much better to try and make a deal on the phone rather than through email or text because you don't hear the sincerity or the or the uh, just the overall, it's just different when you talk to somebody as a reading text, because you don't know somebody's mood, whether they're mad, whether they're yeah, angry, yeah. you know, so I said, you know what, I'm going to give you John Brown for Lamar Miller, now, it looks like I killed him in that deal, because Miller went off the last two weeks for me, and made my team, and a very average team at best, to a serious contender, I feel, you know, having Lamar Miller as your number two running back, paired up with Matt Forte in a 14-team league, as you know, that's is, pretty good, yeah, so, I mean, it, you know, it, there's so many factors to making a deal. You know, knowing your trade partner, knowing what you feel they need, finding out what they feel they need. You know, it, it, everybody wants to send an offer, but you know what? An offer is just a feeler in a sense. And I think some people just take it to the heart. Yeah. Don't, like, it's, like they, it's like you're insulting them. But meanwhile, it could just be like, hey, listen, I like DeAndre Hopkins. Can I give you Odell Beckham and Ryan Matthews for him? You know? So. Yeah, I don't think people people take that first uh, offer and they think, oh, this is a terrible offer. When it just some people like myself try to use it as like an opening uh, opening for dialogue. So like, all right, hey, interested in DeAndre Hopkins? Interested in Odell? Would you think about trading him? I usually, and some people just reject it and don't answer. But um, I like that you brought up Ryan Matthews because second part of this podcast, I wanted you know give out some trade targets. Now that the people know how to trade or how to make some deals, uh, I wanted to go over a few guys who I, you know, in a lot of my leagues, if I'm going out to trade for somebody, uh, here's these are the guys I'd be going for. And one of them on my list not the top of my list, but one person I would be going for is Ryan Matthews in um, Philadelphia, simply because Tamarco Murray has not looked great. And Ryan Matthews, well, you know, he's had any problems before. He's been pretty healthy so far this year, and he's been good when he's in. He's been better than Murray, in my opinion. Um, you Would you consider him a trade target if you're in need of a running back? Um, what do you think? Absolutely, absolutely Travis. I mean, let, let, let's look at that Philadelphia situation. Dynamic offense on paper. You know, Murray Murray was great last year. But if you think about it, between 393 carries and 57 catches, that's a total of 450 touches uh, DeMarco Murray had in total last year. Not many elite running backs have been able to bounce back and have another solid year after that. So now if you throw in the, that fact... And you throw in the fact that Matthews, when given a chance, has been averaging about six yards a carry. You know, he has about 12 receptions for another 100 yards. I mean, he's at almost 500 yards total this year and four touchdowns. 
that's like kind of like RB2 status right there alone. Now, could you imagine if Matt, uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, if Murray went down, you know, Matthews could be an elite running back in that in that system. And, you know, Darren Sproles could be like the perfect complement to Matthews because Matthews isn't the picture of health himself, yeah. you know. So Sproles could be just enough of a, like, handcuff slash, you know, hey, go ahead, we'll give you a, 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 da- a series of a break, you know, to, to refresh yeah, and stuff. Of, like a change of pace back. Exactly. So, I mean, I think Ryan Matthews is a really good target to get. Yeah, and I and just, I mean, even beyond and all those stats, which are fantastic, and they definitely look great in Matthews, uh, slant towards Matthews, he just looked more comfortable from watching him, uh, just watching him, the Eagles offense, like try to, you know, get down the field or run some, run the ball. Matthews tends to, each time he touches the ball, I feel like there's a much higher probability of a positive play. With Murray, he's getting stuck in the backfield. He's, you know, trying to bounce it outside. He's not got anywhere to go. Matthews just looks like a better fit. Um, and, you know, in the season, if it starts slipping away from the Eagles, Chip Kelly's probably be on the hot seat. I think they might just say, you know what, Ryan Matthews, you're playing better. Uh, you're healthy. Let's get you in there more. And Murray will try to figure out how we can fit you in. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, think, know, I think Matthews is a guy I'd, I'll be looking at. Yeah, I would too. I mean, his 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 run uh, on the Sunday night game versus Carolina, he looked explosive. Like he he ran with a a force, you know. And that's a good thing about him. Like he's got the speed to get it outside, but he could run it up in the hole too. He's not a small guy, you know. I think Demarco Murray is a little bit on the smaller side. You know, I I really feel that Murray was a product of his system last year more than a talented running back. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's got talent. Yeah. But uh, could you imagine if Adrian Peterson was running behind that Dallas Cowboy lo- Cowboys line last year? I mean, I mean he might they, have broken the old-time record, you know? The, they made um, they made Darren McFadden look like a really good running back last weekend. So if they could make Darren McFadden, who I think have been, has been washed up for like at least a couple of years, I mean, they could make anybody look good. So yeah, that not having that offensive line definitely hurts uh, hurts Murray and um, Matthews just seems to be able to you know adjust to the not having the great offensive line. But yep, he's yep. I think he's going to be good for, going forward. So um, sure, sure. Chris, who do you got any targets you'd be looking for? Well, I mean, I think we spoke on Lacey a little bit. You know, uh, another guy. I mean, I think who's got a world of talent, but just between. Uh, a player being brought in and an injury is Devontae Adams. You know, when Jordy Nelson went down, 146 targets in probably one of the most prolific offenses in the NFL was empty. You know, there are 146 targets out there that went to Jordy Nelson last year that somebody's got to make up catches. Now, I hated the fact that the, the Packers brought in James Jones for Adams' case, and I'll have you know that I'm a diehard Packers fan, so it was Good that we got to talk about these guys, especially Lacey. <laughs> I, I think he's going to bounce back. So, but uh, I think Devontae Adams is an is a really really great buy low guy. You know, he he's got he's going to have plenty of targets in the offense. He's got the talent, and when you have a guy like Rogers who makes players better, 
I mean, I think he's a, 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 a type of guy that could definitely bring back wide receiver three value and could, could push for upper wide receiver two value. Yeah, I think that's a really good one. He played, um, if I'm remembering correctly, pretty much only two, maybe part of the third game, and then got knocked out, and he really hasn't been back since. Um, and since, you know, that Packers offense hasn't looked as good as, you know, probably would if Nelson uh, was there, I think people thought, like, oh, all the receivers are just not as good as they were last year. And a lot of the touchdowns have been going to James Jones. So people have been down on Adams. I don't think a lot of them know how he's been out for a while with that ankle injury. Um, And like the hype surrounding him right after Nelson got hurt was humongous. And, you know, if you can get a guy who a lot of people think can really produce, and he was good in spurts last year. um, I think that's a great one. He wasn't a guy I was thinking of, but I mean, sometimes guys are just injured but not like out for the year, people just forget about them or they fall to the end of somebody's bench and they're just willing to unload them without really thinking of what they got. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's what, that's what wins championships, you know, trading for guys like that, you know, where where it's a big hole for you that it's somebody's bench fodder. And now guess what? Bang. He's in your lineup. He's getting you points each week. He's bringing you to the promised land, you know, and Lacey, I feel, is another great bounce-back candidate as well and somebody you should definitely target for. You know, the Packers have become like the, the Midwest version of the New England Patriots. You know, they're very, they're very sneaky about what they put out on their injury report. Now, me and my son are diehard Packers fans, and we know Lacey's ankle is bothering him. And from Twitter feeds and, 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 and team forums and stuff, you know, he was diagnosed with a high ankle sprain. And depending on how bad that injury is, that could linger four to six weeks. And yeah. he was a slow starter last year. He had, I believe, five of six games, 50 yards or less. So he's the type of guy that needs a little, like, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but he, he, needs, to, he needs to, he needs to warm sorry? up a little. He needs to warm yeah. up a little bit. Or get a, get right, like right, 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 right. He, he needs... The, the the offense to get moving and stuff, and he needs to get his game going, you know, and I think he's a great buy-low candidate if you could trade somebody and not give up first-round value for him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, obviously you're not going to trade Adrian Peterson for him, but maybe like an A.J. Green or Lamar Miller or somebody like that to get a player like Lacey, you know? Yeah. I think that definitely makes sense. Sometimes people just want to get, at least I feel like this, I've seen this, they want to get off the uh, the bandwagon or, or like sort of make back some of their money they spent on a first-round pick who who's struggling. Um, and, you know, Lacey's had his trouble so far. So if you can offer him like an A.J. Green or uh, Lamar Miller, like you said, the owner might think, all right, you know, I'm getting back this guy. I'm trading away this lemon. I'm getting a usable piece. I'll take that instead of thinking, you know, he might, this guy could really turn into a, uh, turn back into himself from last year. And, you know, I think especially with the, the guys you're taking in the first round, you got to sort of wait and see um, what happens. I know we're getting into the midway point of the season, but if you really had that much faith in them to take them that high, I think you got to sort of stick it out. And if somebody's willing to let him go for, a third, somebody you took in the third round, I think you should take it. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. 
All right, my second guy, um, and I, of course, write the rookie report every Monday, and a guy that I've been writing about a long time that I don't think a lot of people have really seen the potential. Uh, you know, he's in Cleveland. He's not getting all the carries because they have like three or four running backs out there, but that's Duke Johnson. Um, Cleveland's running back situation is a little messy. Isaiah Crowell is there. Duke Johnson's there. West is there. But from what I've seen, uh, they're willing to give the ball to Johnson. He hasn't done a ton with it on the ground, only 55 carries, 176 yards. But he's been targeted 36 times, and 31 of those have turned into receptions for him. So, you know, if you're in a PPR league and you just need, like, a, a cheap running back or a guy that's not going to cost you too much to trade for but can still get you some points, I think you go for Duke Johnson because, A, he's going to get you the PPR points from the receptions, and, B, they're giving him about the same carries uh, the starter Crowell's getting. So it really looks to me like Cleveland wants to give the offense or turn the offense over to Duke Johnson if he can just, you know, do a little more with it. Um, I know they had a really tough matchup last week against St. Louis, so they didn't do a ton. They've had some tough ones early in this year. Uh, like, I believe they played Denver. You know, his schedule is a little easier, and he adjusts more to the NFL. I think he could become the clear number one running back there, and with that kind of receiving potential, he could be a, a pretty good uh, running back number two. Um, what do you think, Chris? What do you think about Duke Johnson's potential? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, the other guys that they have there, Robert Turbin and, and yeah, uh, Isaiah Crowell, like you had mentioned, I mean, those guys have been around a couple of years now. I mean, and let's face it, the Browns aren't going anywhere this year. You know, so I think they're going to start getting him more involved in the run game. You know, the coach is kind of tough. I mean, I'm trying to remember. There were three guys there there last year, Crowell, West, and the third one is slipping me. Slipping, I can't oh, remember I who the third was, guy was. I think they had Ben Tate for a little while. Right. And then they, yeah, that and then might they have been it. Him. But I think there might have been another. There was a lot of guys in the mix last year for Cleveland's running back uh, position. Right. And the coach was a stiffer, stiffler. Like, I remember I had Crowell in a dynasty league, and I was very high on him, but he wasn't doing this right for the coach. And West wasn't doing that right for the coach. And who fumbled that didn't touch the field the rest of the day game or maybe two games after that? You know, so he's a very hard coach to – play for it seems like not not hard but he seems like a real disciplinarian and he runs a tight ship so Johnson could be like slowly learning and understanding what the coach wants of him and stuff you know it's a big transition from the college level to the NFL game as I'm sure you know and I have to compliment you. Your rookie report was right on. I wish I would have took the Stefan Diggs uh, <laughs> article a little more serious. What a great call on him, man. He looks I, awesome. Hey, I'm going to ride that to the end of the season and probably next season saying, I I told you on Stefan Diggs. But, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, great. But, yeah, great I call. Think, I think Duke Johnson, like you said, the Browns aren't going anywhere. Uh, they're going to try to see what they have in their rookie. And, you know, he's University of Miami's all-time leading rusher, so the guy knows how to move the ball on the ground. Um, yeah, you think? <laughs> right? That's a pretty after big all the, program. After all the, all the great guys they've had come out of there. Absolutely. So I think if he just, you know, acclimates himself, gets a little more used to the NFL, sort of finds his role. And each week his role has got, like, slightly bigger. 
So I think, you know, down the stretch, playoff run, Duke Johnson may be one of those guys where you're like, where the hell did this guy come from? He's getting 15, 20 points a week for me. Um, so that'd be my second guy I'd be trading for. I know they're both running backs, but the running back position has been really, really strange this year. So that's sort of where I, uh, both mine are in the RB category. But uh, Chris, give me your last uh, trade target. Sure. Now, I can give you another running back, but he's like a little bit of a reach, or I can give you another guy that I happen to like. I mean, you tell give, me. Give whoever, if you're trading for one of them, who do you want more? Which guy would you rather have on your team? Give me that one. All right. I want Drew Brees. Oh, you know? okay. That's a good one. I'd like to hear this. Okay. Got hurt early on. Clearly wasn't looking anything like the Drew Brees that we all know. Yeah. You know? And the last couple of weeks, he's been getting healthier. You know, Brandon Cooks is starting to come around. He had a had a solid game last week. The emergence of Willie Sneed. Ben Watson is playing like a competent tight end in the system. I mean, and it's Drew Brees. You know, throwing the fact that their playoff matchups are at Tampa Bay, home for Detroit, and home for Jacksonville. Now, the Saints usually struggle on the road, especially on the grass, so the Tampa Bay matchup couldn't be might not be that good, but home for Detroit and home for Jacksonville? I mean, if you have a better quarterback, you know, looking forward has been a tool that I've won numerous championships with. You know, yeah, it's great to have Aaron Rodgers, but if Aaron Rodgers is at Seattle, at the Baltimore Ravens when they were a solid defense, like if you see matchups like that and it's not any sort of keeper or dynasty league, if it's a redraft league, I mean, you can trade an Aaron Rodgers with a tough playoff matchup for a Drew Brees plus another piece to yeah. help bring you to the promised land, you know? So I think that's, that's a really that's a guy good, I like. I think that's a good one. Um, I think part of it with Drew Brees is they sort of were having a little trouble adjusting to life after um, Jimmy Graham in those first couple of weeks when a guy that was that much of your offense isn't there. Uh, what are you going to do? Uh, or, like, how do you really sort of keep that dynamic playmaking ability going? I mean, he's had some interception problems. I think he has four this year, four or five. But he's thrown a good amount of touchdowns. Uh, he's got eight. His QB rating is, like, in the 90s. So he's playing well. It's just not the, you know, he's not the Drew Brees of 2009. The Drew Brees of 2015 is still a pretty good player. And like you said, if you're getting those great matchups, a lot of the teams down the stretch, like, people don't think about that. They don't think, oh, you know, like you said, if I have Tom Brady and they're up, they're 14 and 0, they may be benching him. Or they're 14 and 1, they may be sitting him. Drew Brees is going to be fighting for the playoffs. Um, so he's definitely going to be getting snaps. Which I think that's, uh, a lot of people really thought he was washed up at first, but I mean, I think it's a pretty good pick and a bold pick because I wouldn't have said Drew Brees. Um, so I, I can commend you on that, Chris. Yeah, thanks, Travis. Well, you know, that's what it takes to to win a championship. Listen, so many people rest their laurels on I'm seven and zero, baby. I can't be beat, <laughs> and they'll sit yeah. on their team. You know, seven and zero, you're like a lock for the playoffs. There's only six weeks left. I mean, how many leagues have you been in where the last team gets in at seven and six? You know, take a chance. You have a you have a good enough team. You know, take that chance. No, no one remembers. Who had the best record last year? But people yeah. will always see your name on that trophy. Exactly. You know what I'm and, saying? 
And, you know, with Drew Brees and his sort of early season struggles, you may not even have to give up uh, something hugely like a Le'Veon Bell or something like that. You may be able to get him for, you know, a mid-round pick of yours who's just shown some consistency. And if, you know, the Drew Brees owner is, is tired of waiting for 50 touchdown Drew Brees to come back, you know, you may you may get a steal. And I really like what you said. You don't, like, uh, full season stats aren't really going to win you weeks. I mean, if you have Aaron Rodgers and he throws 55 touchdowns, but in week one of the playoffs he throws none and you lose, it doesn't matter. So uh, the matchup thing, definitely, definitely a huge uh, factor in this. But hopefully all you listeners out there got some good trade tips from us. I know it's a little uh, quick trade podcast for you guys, so you can go out and make some trades this weekend. Um, Don't take too much into account exactly what happens this weekend. You know, somebody breaks out. It could be just a fluky thing. Someone plays terrible. Again, it's only one week. Try to look at the bigger picture here. Um, And don't be discouraged when you go out making those trades. Try to get them on the phone. Chris was right. you got to talk to these people. But, um, yeah, hopefully, Chris, we could do this again. You've been a great fantastic podcast guest for a first time ever. I got to commend you. You're a natural at this. Thank you. Thank you, Travis. You do a good job yourself. I'm really looking forward to coming back if you have me. And we will definitely have you back. Uh, so check out our podcast, check out our writings on so-called fantasy experts.com. I almost got the name wrong. That would have been awkward. Um, <laughs> you, can, you can find us on Twitter at so-called fantasy X and uh, you got shoot us over. I'll be live tweeting some games on Sunday, giving you some updates. Until then, Chris, thank you again. All you listeners, we will see you next week for another edition of the so-called Fantasy Experts football podcast. See you later. Take care, guys.